Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Krishni and Dave Mosson, and we're here today to talk about our favourite Slipknot song, Nero Forte. Hello, Dave. Hello, Chris. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, just a little bit. Might actually be our favourite Slipknot song, possibly. Uh, We will find out in a few years' time. What we're doing is very simple and very time-consuming. In each episode, we select one Slipknot song, we put it under the microscope... Dave picks one, I pick one, and then we're going to rank all of the Slipknot songs um, at the end of whatever it is we're doing here by scoring each one out of nine, because Slipknot. Dave, this is my choice, and I'm going to explain my choice by saying that Nero Forte is amazing. Yeah, well, you say it was your choice. I feel like it, because we didn't originally, to let people behind the curtain a bit, this wasn't actually our original choice for this episode we knew that this episode we wanted to do something from we are not your kind but i think if memory serves me correctly we made our choices before we'd heard the album and we were weren't we going to do solway firth and then we heard the album and heard this song and it was like actually actually this this needs to jump the queue i think it was unsainted wasn't it was it it was one of the singles wasn't Mm. it it was but yeah, so it is It is your choice, but it also feels like a, a group decision to, like, we cannot wait months and months to talk about Nero Forte. Let's, <laughs> let's do that now. Let's do that. Uh, so, a little bit of context. This is the fifth track on and fourth single from the sixth Slipknot album. Uh, it sits in between Death Because of Death, um, which, for the record, is also up for discussion here um, as the kind of interlude intro to, to this song. And Critical Darling, which has also gone down really well, Dave, with, with, with Slipknot fans. Um, and it's the first uh, We Are Not Your Kind post-release single. And it had to be, didn't it? We all knew it would be. The day the album came out, we just all sat there and went, single? Uh, it, yeah, it's one. Of, I, I've talked on this podcast before about my reaction to hearing Sick for the first time and just like turning around and staring at the speakers this song is the first Slipknot song since I heard Sick for the first time that has made me just stop everything and listen. It's just unreal. And and still now, every time that opening riff comes in, it's just, oh, I just cannot concentrate on anything. I broke stuff listening to it today. <laughs> it, it just does me. that to me every time. Um, let's rewind a little bit. Let's do Death Because of Death uh, quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's this w- weird little electro um introduction ramp whatever you want to call it um and because it's weird and electro of course i i love 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 it it was just so unexpected the first time i i heard the album and the last you just hits me right between the eyes every time so so my notes i've got you know i've got so talking about to me it sounds like this like this weird loop that that sounds almost like a demonic possessed record player with this weird bagpipe accordion style coming in at the end and then my notes say the whispered you to finish lush like yeah it's one of my favorite things on the whole album (laughs) that doesn't surprise me but (laughs) it's it's great isn't it And, and i mean nero forte on its own is incredible nero forte with this as a as an intro to as an extended intro to it it just elevates it even more it's just yeah it's such a good pairing these these two 
these two before. I can't I can't think of anything else on We Are Not Your Kind that they could have put death because of death before that would be as effective as this because it's just it just sucks you in gives you a tiny kiss goodbye with that you and then it's just straight into that stabbing riff it just just pounds you from start to finish brilliant well let's go straight into it this is a sean song or it was before everybody else got involved um but i think that the only place to start really is vocals because Corey taylor is a huge factor in the success of this song isn't he yeah, this is this is his best performance since Volume Three, right? Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. I'm, it's brilliant. He, I mean, what what gets me on this with him, and and this is this is before the chorus and where he starts doing falsetto and all of this stuff that you know we just haven't seen him do in, in a Slipknot context for years, if not ever. Like the verses. He sounds so angry and he sounds on the edge of just falling apart, which I don't think he's done since Iowa. And like, it's just, it's just got that, that unhinged, dangerous feel to it. I mean, can you imagine being in the studio when he was doing this take and hearing it? I just, I just gives me goosebumps imagining what the energy in that room must have been like when he was doing this. Cause you're right. Like everything else on this song is incredible, but his performance is just utterly stunning. It was the the chorus that hit me first on that first listen, and I've come to appreciate everything else that he's doing and the, the the detail and the spite and the rage that's in all of that. But in a, it wasn't a passive first listen, but it was a um, a kind of letting the whole album connect with me first listen. Mm. And when that chorus came in, I was I was just laughing with joy. It's the way it comes out. It's just the way it comes out, isn't it? Like you, you, you sort of get into the groove of that, of that verse, and it's like, okay, Slipknot are sounding like Slipknot, and you know that they, they're almost they've almost knocked ten years off themselves in the energy they've got in this verse. And then the way that chorus just drops in and just expands the sound of the song, expands the the horizon of the song. It, yeah, I can totally understand why you why you just started laughing when it came out because it's just it's it's euphoric, isn't it? It just it just totally slams. We need to do a couple of little housekeeping bits. Um, so Nero Forte can be interpreted as strong black. And it is a song about depth and darkness, obviously. But then Forte is also, that's what you do best. And I think that, those little touches, that little kind of smartness of language just shows the, the level of thought that went into this album. Yeah. Um, which I think, does it a great service because it just it has these depths and little touches that that um brings across Slipknot's maturity in 2019 well and and the backing vocals in the midsection as well like yeah the fact that they've managed to in plain sight they've hidden a message why did i not see your true face until it was too late as backing vocals i that's just for Slipknot to be able to do that 20 years into their t- career and for it not to sound cheesy at all, for it for it to sound really impressive and to be like a sort of Easter egg hidden in their own song is just, like you say, yeah, so much thought into this record. And like, it didn't really, I, I didn't even see that line until I was really going over the lyrics in preparation mm. for this because okay. by that point in the song, I'm, I'm just headbanging anyway. But yeah, just uh, just 
brilliant. Well, yeah. even even that bit just goes hard. Even the acrostic yeah. bit is just makes me want to punch things. Lyrically, and it's probably a good place to, to jump into lyrics a little bit, I am a Slipknot lyrics skeptic. I think if you start looking too closely at Slipknot's lyrics without hearing them, they can be a little disappointing. Uh-huh. Not that they don't have meaning or anything like that, but they, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just about Corey's character. Um, and without him putting that across, it loses something. I think Nero Forte is one of the best songs lyrically that we've done yet on this this podcast. And I think yeah. the whole album is a, a real step up in that as well. Basically, long story short, Corey Taylor's on fucking fire. Do you think that the the sort of the the rawness, and there's another one that we're going to do towards the end of this season, where the metaphor is kind of stripped away that we've spoken about before. Do you think it suits him? I think at this stage in his career, it does. I think, you know, early on, and this is a point we're probably going to come back to in in the next episode we talk about actually you know early on he was quite a fan of you know you look at early Corey lyrics and they're either sort of really short sharp aggro things that are going to be turned into a t-shirt or there's like a a sort of shoehorning in of a big word at some point like a a, a multi-syllabic word to try and make him make it clear to the world that he's a very articulate guy and it it, you can sense that what he's trying to prove there, you're trying to show himself as a different type of metal front front man and a different type of band. I think at this point, who who does he who does he need to prove anything to in terms of Corey Taylor? He's fucking Corey Taylor. He he is he has proved himself to be this raconteur, this incredible musician, this vo- this wonderful vocalist. And at the same time, he's much older he's knackered <laughs> you know he's he's had a lot of shit to deal with and yeah I, th- I think that stripped back rawness just really works it just it it just really fits the character of this album in particular right from when all out life came back in and they were clicking into cycle here as we talked about before it's that danger it's that aggression and yeah no need for for anything fancy anymore this is slipknot you've known who we are for 20 years here's what i'm getting to the point on on this album uh, and here's where i'm at right now so yeah for for me it's just I, i'm not i'm not one that's a particular fan of overtly metaphorical lyrics anyway so i don't mind it just being drilled straight mm. into my vein but yeah I, I think as i think as a mature slipknot it really does suit him he's got the craft to stack it up as well even yeah. in this song, it's right out of the gate. I'm never enough. You bled me dry, using me up, dissatisfied, and used another key to the empty spot in you. Bang. Yeah. Right. And in the chorus, at the end, at the end of the chorus, the little couplet there that you could do your worst to me at the end of the day. That's what you do best. That's yeah. legitimate genius. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I, I keep saying the word brilliant, but it's, I'm just running out of words to to describe this song. Really, like, yeah, it's really fucking good. And we haven't even talked about the music yet. Not yet. Uh, do you understand why some Slipknot fans don't really like this song? No, I don't. I, As someone who has been into this band for 19 years, this just lit a fuse on me from the first listen. And this, this was the point on my first listen of We Are Not Your Kind that it was like, yeah, this is, this is it. They've absolutely nailed it. And I knew, I know I had confidence going into the record, but it was first listen of this song. So yeah, I, I can't understand anyone who likes Slipknot who isn't into this song, unless they've become so, so engrossed in this, 
this idea that everything that they've done post Stone Sour being a thing sounds like Stone Sour, which we've we disproved multiple times already on this podcast. But no, I, I don't get it at all. Why why don't they like it? Impossible to tell. I think the idea is that it doesn't go as hard as it might, and I think it does. I said, yeah, pretty beefy song. This when you really get into the the verses, particularly. I can't think of a song that Slipknot have recorded for the last fifteen years where you can actually hear on the music side. You can hear how hard those instruments are being hit. Every single instrument is just being played almost to the point of breaking it i would imagine like the guitars are really those riffs are just they're not just being played they are being absolutely smashed out the drums just crash around everything and i think this is one of the hardest hitting songs on the entire record and you can hear it in the takes that they've got of of everyone all nine members are slamming this every single beat of this song is just they couldn't have given more to it i'm gonna throw some quotes at you dave starting with jim who uh explains that it's a clown song uh, and that clown is a jumper and percussionist but he's also a songwriter and he always has been this is what Slipknot end up with when they collaborate as songwriters and I think that's a um, a really important thing given the kind of songwriting history of, of the band and the people who were, were prominent in, in writing the songs mm-hmm. the fact that they now feel that they're in a place where they come up with this when they get, to, get their heads together is really exciting um, the song that he compares it to because of its percussive nature, is psychosocial. Uh-huh. I, I'm thinking the blister exists myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking exactly the same. It's it's that that sort of tribal drumming in the middle, isn't it? And it's a, yeah, it's yeah, it very much feels like a a continuation of that idea. But I think this is of those three songs. This is them doing it best. I think psychosocial is bottom of the list of those three for me. But this is this is them absolutely nailing it. Some reviews then. Open quote: Nero Forte is a song of the year so far, and it would be surprising to see it surpassed. Where a band finds that kind of vitality twenty years after their major label debut is beyond me. Though every one of those years is evident in the song's craft. It's You're quoting yourself. Yeah, it is in some <laughs> aspects the perfect Slipknot song. It has riffing and groove for days, and one of the best choruses the band has ever produced. A juxtaposition of Taylor in fearsome form and faux sweet backing vocals that, as I mentioned, never before heard from the knot. Question: Do you recognise that? Yes, because <laughs> I, I was because knowing how much you like this album, this song, I thought I'd go and see what you wrote about it and i thought it was such an impressive quote i added it to my notes so um so yes oh it caught me out i was really looking forward to doing that to you as well (laughs) i I mean i agree with every word it's very very good summation of it good um kerrang did a uh we are not your kind track by track and um refers to the fact that slipknot we're never a new metal band but have this knack for big grooves and bouncy riffs um that make them just a great metal band and that this song is is part of that as well they describe it dave as the most jump the fuck up track on the album probably is hmm. yeah yeah probably yeah features one of the most unusual choruses slipknot i've ever written mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. yeah um their their album review was written by emily carter and she referred to it as the album standout yes i spotted that as well agreed Agreed. Uh, engaging, catchy, and everyone is pissed off, says Metal Insider. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Distorted sound, huge opening riff, stellar stick work from Jay Weinberg. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, a That's a recurring really, theme, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's really coming to his own on We Are Not Your Kind, absolutely. Another highlight cut, says Dead Press. It's just never-ending praise for this song. And it was instant. Um, and there was a, if you remember Slipknot were um, on the road or thereabouts when the album came out and they kind of finished off the tour without fully going into We Are Not Your Kind mode. Mm. Um, so there was a, a, a petition demanding that this song be added to the set list. <laughs> wow. Um, and it aimed for 100 signatures and got six. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that's why you can't rely on people. Quite. But the thing is, obviously this was going to be in the set list. Yeah. I knew that before I'd even finished hearing it for the first time. Mm. And it has, they've had to rework it to play it live, Dave. And we saw it with our own eyes. Yeah. At the start of 2020. Tortilla front and centre. Yeah. What did you think of yeah. that? Yeah. I, I was all in on it. I, I was, I was, I was, to be honest, I was so delighted that I was getting to hear it in real life that they could have done anything. Like they could have just stood dead still. They could have turned their backs to the audience and played it. I'd have loved it, to be honest. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's pretty prominent. I know we haven't, we're not gone to the video yet, but he's, he's, he seems to be fairly prominent in that as well. It's, um, they're, they're obviously trying to push him forward, but I'm, I'm fully in favor. He's, you know, he's, he is a part of that machine now. He's not just, he's not just filling in anymore. He's not the new, He's not the new kid anymore either, is he? So, yeah, I'm all for it. I don't want you to rank it, but this has been, in my estimation and in various, uh, you know, sort of survivor formats of the album, head-to-head with Solway Firth. Those two songs really indicate the strength of quality on this record. They yeah. are, like, they're, they're legit all-time Slipknot classics, no? Oh, yeah, that... This band are not going to be able to take either of those songs out of their set list going forward now, surely. But they are, they're, they're instant live set staples. Before we go, I'll, go, I'll probably spend a bit of time having a look at the song in, in a bit of depth. But um, have you come across any covers? <laughs> no. And this is, this is very much, for my head, this is leave it the fuck alone. This is a Slipknot song. Do not, do not even think of covering it because you will fail. Mm-hmm. What about a nightcore? Oh God, not nightcore! <laughs> um, so look, look, obviously there are a ton of individual instrumental or vocal covers, but I I cannot listen to that shit regardless of what song they're doing. Um, yep. There there is a nightcore version. Good. Get this. Also brilliant. Really? Well, it's just sped up, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Just, so, yeah. It's mad, but it works. And there's also on this in this occasion there is a, an eight bit cover by Nintendo Stein. Which, of course, is brilliant as well. Um, okay. have you, Dave, have you come across this guy who uh, does the drum parts with guns? <laughs> no. Wow, you've you've gone deep on this. He's done the Mad Bridge bit as well. With He, he sort of play, he does some of it on a drum. Yeah. And then he puts his drumsticks down and fires a gun into the air <laughs> and then picks his drumsticks back up again. I, I can actually picture that fairly clearly. It's, if you imagine yeah. he's got he's a gun in either hand. For this, yeah. for that bit as well. Like you could, you. What you're seeing now is exactly what that video looks like. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see that working. Definitely. Difficult question. Yeah. What's the best bit of the song? Oh, that is a really difficult question. I. 
do you know what i much as i much as i love the riff and i think on first couple of listens i would have easily said the first riff but actually going back over this my favorite bit is you get to the middle of the song and the guitars are playing the opening riff of the song but the drums start doing the tribal drum bit and there's a couple of bars where the drums are doing a sort of teasing at what's going to happen next the guitars are still doing what they've been doing for the whole song and then everything goes to follow in the drums and that set of bars where you've got the the two different directions and then the coming together that just every time i listen to it now that though that passage there just really really gets me going what's your favorite bit i think in the second chorus on the the second pass of the second chorus Corey elongates the two in too much animosity mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah i think that's the my favorite thing that slipknot have done for oh my god i mean if you're talking about a second of music it might be since self-titled yeah i, I, mean, I that just is, love it yeah and that is i mean we've, we've said that that that's Corey's best vocal performance in years and that that second of it is the best bit of his best vocal performance in years. Yeah, I totally agree on that. And the song ends on this big old cymbal clang as well, which I, I really uh, rather like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is uh, there's already a fair amount of uh, Nero Forte peripheral information and stuff to consume. Um, and the first thing is the music video. Yes. I don't know how close you were to all of this prior to the release of the video, but there was an almighty fuss about this video coming out. It passed me by a little bit because it it came out the day after my birthday and I was just like, I just wasn't really paying attention to what what else was going on because it was was sort of, yeah, it was right before Christmas, wasn't it? So just getting to that busy time. So I, to be honest, I didn't I didn't even watch it fully for the first time until a couple of weeks ago when we started prepping for this. I've, I've sort of given it a bit of breathing breathing room, really. But yeah, I know, I know you you will have been in on it definitely. <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm certain. Um, so Clown hinted that it would be uh, out at a pati- or by a particular point in time, quite a long time before that. And the uh, entitled maggots of the interwebs lost their shit. Uh, because it was hinted that it would be something different, something a bit special, and you'll see it by X time. I think it was the end of November, possibly. Uh, And I think probably what he was talking about in terms of something special, something a bit different, was not the music video in isolation, but something we're going to talk about shortly. Overall, as a music video, it's okay. I I I really like it. I find Slipknot... Different coloured clobber really weird though, don't you? I, I had this as a question. My question was, how do we feel about different boiler suits for each member? Because I don't know what my answer is to that. I don't know. I, I find that it's quite weird when they're all sort of stood within social distancing distance <laughs> of each other in a video. But live, I, it doesn't... I'm not fussed by it. Like, um, Sid, his get up is absolutely fine. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm. I'm not wishing he was in a boiler suit particularly. Uh, so I don't mind the variation too much. It's just it looks very weird when they're all in in close confinement with with one another. I think the video looks very nice. I really like the colours. Um, I, there's not a whole lot lot else going on. I think what you have is ultimately a performance video with nine oddballs in it. The head bangy bridge section, which is just hysterical. 
uh, and the the sort of weird webbed figure that that had been doing the rounds um, for a bit by that point as well. Yeah. So that that bit in the middle, the, the sorry, the the, the head bangy bit in the middle. I've actually got that as that's my favourite bit of the video. Like weirdly, I love the sort of fever dream feel to it as it builds up to that. But but when it drops and this white background appears and they're all in the room and they're all just going for it. It's it is ridiculous, but I've, I really like it. I think it's really effective as a sort of we've been sort of looking at every member individually, and then boom, yeah, here because they, here they all are. there's there's still something about seeing all nine of them on the same screen at the same time that is is intimidating and exciting that that, that there's always been about this band when you see all of them together. I think it must be that. Yeah, Corey freaks me out in that bit because he's he's headbanging on the offbeat, right, mm-hmm. um, and also. In that version of this mask, his mouth looks really funny when he's singing in the mask. Yeah. It's very weird. But I do like that part. And I like the video overall. I, just, I think it's just a solid video. And I think my favourite bit of it is just Tortilla playing the drum behind Clown's head. Yeah. And then falling through the drum kit as well. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that a lot. Enjoy that. Um, so the thing that I hinted at earlier is the the thing that's a bit special, which is the, the, the short film which followed it which contains the Nero Forte music video in its entirety. Yeah. Um, were you aware of the build-up of Pollution, Dave? There was a weird kind of social media, Instagram-y campaign ahead of it. No, no. I, I, again, it totally passed me by. Um, I just saw it. It came up on YouTube when I was searching for this video. and I, I assumed it was a fan-made thing oh, at really? first. But, but then I clocked the, you know, then sort of noticed it's on the Slipknot channel and dig into it and... Yeah, it's it's clown doing doing clown stuff. Isn't yeah, it? it is. So they did this, um, you know, one of those campaigns where they set up a ton of Instagram accounts and kind of link them, yeah, interweave them through one another. Um, and it was all built around the song titles, and there was like lots of black squares and little oh, bits of the footage. So was 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 that different to the thing that everybody assumed was the the no. um, all hope is gone. No, that, so that is because it it felt like song titles. So I did see that, and yes, yeah. I just assumed it was the "All Hope Is Gone" thing. They, they were, in fact, the chapters of this short film, mm, right? Which yeah. made my maybe slightly underappreciated a little bit because we were expecting new music. You know, five minutes after mm. the last new music, um, but uh, I, I've actually only only really today properly sat down and watched the full twenty plus minutes of it. Uh, yeah. very much in line with the aesthetic of the, the music video. Is it fair to call it an extended music video for Nero Forte? I guess it could be in some ways, but because so much of it is is so art house, for want of a better word, it, it feels like it deserves to be its its own thing that just happens to have this this video in the middle. I, I, what I really like about it is the, the sort of tribe of drummers going in being shut in the garage or whatever it is and then you get the Nero Forte video and then they get let out at the end for the rest of the video and it's all you, you really do feel like they've been in there the whole time just playing that beat but is is it is it fair to call it an extension of the video I suppose it I suppose it depends how you look at it don't you I mean I'm guessing Clown would want it as a I mean it's titled as a short film by Clown isn't it and and his quote that he puts at the top that's on the top of the uh, YouTube description is is quite the uh, quite the disturbing one. I don't know if you clocked that. I did not. So his quote is: "I set out to make a short uh, short film that makes you question your own existence. 
here here in this reality. When you lay down in your bed next to the one you love, do you ever ask yourself, is it possible that this person could slit my throat while I'm sleeping? <laughs> Enjoy. Pollution is everywhere. Cool. Thanks, clown. The whole thing is kind of weird because, of course, it's kind of weird. I yeah. I like clown, but I'm not going to pretend I understand him. No, no. And that was that's exactly the point I was going to make. I don't feel like I can... I can make a particularly strong call on this because I, I, yeah, I don't understand him and I don't understand, I don't really get this type of art. I can really appreciate it for it being art and it's unsettling. And and in terms of that wider vision that Clown has for this band, it totally works. But can I honestly say if it's any good or not? No, mm-hmm. but it makes, it makes me feel unsettled, which I think is probably the point. I think I like it. I think yeah. I like it. I like that it's got Nero Forte in it. I like that it's got like a death because of death bit as well. Um, actually, yeah. the, the the sound design in the build up to the actual playing of Death Because of Death is excellent as well. I really yeah. like that. There's yeah. a lovely bit of Mega Drive music on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it begins with the end, just like Red Dwarf. Perfect. Yeah. And I just I kind of I like the extension of the story of the trapped figure thingy. Yes, I, yeah. I really like that kind of um, pretty gross way to put it, but that connective tissue between Nero Forte and that various other parts of the album cycle through this through this film. The drums with the uh, fairy lights are pretty good as well, aren't they? They're pretty cool. My internet connection today wanted to play this at 360p, so you right. can imagine what that would have looked like. Yeah, not not great. Not good. It's It's a worthwhile thing. It's kind of a nice addendum to the record, I think. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I I think any any opportunity to to get a rough glimpse of what's going on inside Clown's head, and and any further embellishments around the way he views where Slipknot are at a particular time is always something I'm going to be interested in doing. Even if I don't know if necessarily I'm ever going to go and watch this twenty minute thing again. So I don't I don't know what what I get from repeated viewings, but I'm glad to have seen it definitely. Yeah. Right. Uh let's get into the meat, shall we? Yeah. So definitely. the purpose of this podcast is to take every Slipknot song, analyze it, assess it, give it a score out of 9 because Slipknot and then try at some point in the future to rank every single song that Slipknot have ever recorded. So, what we need to do here is to give our Nero Forte scores out of 9. Um, and find out where it sits, Dave. Yeah. Where are you going? Eight and a half. Bold. Yeah, my favourite one so far, and it, is n- it has not lost any shine since the first listen. If anything, I've loved it more with each one. I absolutely adore this song, and therefore, although I need to leave room for at least one or two to go above it, because it is not my favourite Slipknot song, I have also given it eight and a half. Ooh, because it needs that little have. bit of headroom but it it is for me legitimately astonishing i think it's a truly brilliant song so where does that put us dave well that puts <laughs> nero forte at the top right at the top straight in at the top above all out life um so we've got nero forte on 17 all out life on 15.75 and vermilion part two on 15 so yeah, and then Snuff at 14.5. So it's a good top four that definitely wouldn't annoy people on the internet at all. No. Well, let's hope some of them find their way to being being angered by it by way of listening to it. 
we will leave it there because we've got a couple more to do. So that is Nero Forte by Slipknot. You Can't Kill Me is produced by This Decay and we will be back before you know it. Thank you.